Hey y'all, this is Monica. I recently had the true pleasure of meeting and chatting with Angry Tiger, a very nice, despite his name, a very nice and down-to-earth guy with whom I do hope to chat again, and I hope that you enjoy our conversation. This is actually just the highlights of our conversation. I will put a link in the show notes at monicasdeepdives.com for you to be able to get the full show on his platform. I'd like to support the people who invite me on. Uh, You can also hear this highlight reel as well as all of my other content commercial free if you sign up for Deep Dives Premium on iTunes or if you subscribe to rockfin.com slash deep dives where you can get not only all my content commercial free, but you can also get any of the videos I do and all the content of all the other creators at Rockfin commercial free. And a lot of that stuff is exclusive. So that's a great deal, I think. But most of all, I just wanna know that you are listening and like what I'm doing. So the best thing for me is if you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, give me a bunch of stars, as many stars as you can. And if you wanna leave a review, that's great. If not, no problem. Uh, The stars and subscribing helps me gain in the search engine. So that helps, but mostly just makes me feel good. So I hope everything is great with you. having a great start to your summer. And until next time, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Angry Tiger. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for spending your time in the Tiger's Den. We will try not to waste it. It is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023 AD. This evening, ladies and gentlemen, a very special guest has honored the Tiger's Den. The very best of antelope and prairie dog will be served. Our current landscape has become a smoke-filled room, filled with shiftless, internally blind, corrupt garbage eaters known as politicians, special interest groups, and megacorps, and many, many more insidious, self-recovered creatures feeding from the trough of corruption provided by the Federal Reserve. With their pestilence-laden tentacles contaminating every form of life with corruption, lies and social engineering, the bloated central government, hollow in moral standing, has become an illegal and rogue creature, creating a carnival of chaos and corruption. Central planning has failed. The empire built by the central bank is collapsing, rotting from the head down. The central bank will will remain. Even if the empire collapses, the central bank will just start the process all over again. Ladies and gentlemen, inflation is rising, the war drums are pounding, and the central planners are slithering. We have a pearl-button-bangled billy of a show tonight, though, for you ladies and gentlemen. Angry Tiger is here with someone who can bring the information by the pound, ladies and gentlemen. So hold on, because you have the tiger by the tail. With us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, 10,000 leagues under the information seas where you shall find her bringing to the surface the facts and figures the central planners so desperately are trying to hide. A courageous warrior shining light on the truth. Ask authoritarian's description of a bad day, and they shall say her name. Jabba the Hutt has a bounty out on her. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to welcome the host of Deep Dives with Monica Perez. Monica Perez, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming into the Tiger's Den. That tiger was the best intro I have ever gotten. I loved it. You even threw 10,000 leagues. Why haven't I thought of that one yet? I don't, I don't know. I like it. It's it's poetic. 
I, I, I get so lucky to talk to people like you that I want to honor you guys with a great introduction. I, I have, I happen to have a flair for it. So, you know, I, that, that's, that's my gift for you, you know, to come on the show. So basically, right. uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had not heard about you until I would, until the Twitter sphere. And, uh, I was impressed when I, when I picked your show up about how much, you know, you know, about a lot of stuff. But before we get going, I'm going to, we're going to get into you here. This is going to be, this is going to be great because I'm going to pick your brain and ask you some questions. Is that all right? Yes, that's fine. Excellent. Okay. We always start the show off unless it's like a special episode with a, a quote about the Federal Reserve. So here's one. And it starts off like this. There are few historians who would challenge the fact that the funding of World War I, World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War was accomplished by the Mandrake mechanism through the Federal Reserve System. And that, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is one of my favorite authors, G. Edward Griffin. You know, everybody knows him. He is a uh, staple in the community that we run around in. But uh, what do you think of that quote? I think it's absolutely true. And I was thinking, I was just having a conversation with Keith Knight of the Libertarian Institute who was doing work on war. He's like flipped the adage, the Libertarian adage, and he said... Uh, um, st health is the war of the state, something like that. Anyway, state is the health of war, something like that. And we were talking about war is the health of the state. Yeah, I know, but he flipped it. So oh, I don't want to miss it. Oh, okay. Something a little d different with it. But I, I, in that conversation just a couple of days ago, I was saying, like, if you look at the establishment of the Federal Reserve, it was, I think it probably was intended to finance world war one without people noticing and that's when you just see that exponential all right it, it would the way it comes out i did this thing with my son he was like in second grade and he had to do i don't know what the project was it was about something milk or whatever i had him look up the price of milk in 1800 the price of milk in 1900 and the price of milk in 2000 and that kind of data is actually much harder to find than you would think. And I know why, because I found it. It was maybe it was 1890, something like that. The actual dollar price of milk in dollars was lower at the end, like in 1900 than 1800, which means that the productivity gains of milk production was accruing in part to the consumer. And at the same time, wages were slightly up which means that they were also getting some of the productivity gains in the increased wages. So, but if you look at it after the Fed, it's out of control. It's like 10 cents versus $6. Right, right. Wages <laughs> are not six, 600 times, you know, or 60 times as much as they were then. No. It's, you know, wages did not. So it's really what Keynes was all about was when he talks about sticky wages, he's saying you have to have inflation or people will notice that you're reducing their wages. Wages are sticky. They don't like it. So if you inflate it, they're blinded by the numbers. He didn't say it exactly like that, but it's very close to that. Like I can find quotes that are like- No, no, that's exactly, yeah, you just, you broke it, you distilled it very well for for the viewers. And that's what we like to do here is we like to, we, we call it working man's English because they make financial talk this big, complicated, mystical thing. And you know what? I'm a, I'm a normal guy. I don't have a formal education. I have not been to any universities or even colleges. I've, you know, trade colleges and stuff like that. And uh, um, actually community college just for theology because it was very interesting to me. 
just because I wanted to learn about it. But, but when you, when you look at this stuff, I looked at it and from a, a, from my perspective in life, I'm like, what a con, what a scam this, this central Mm -hmm. bank thing is. And then I started looking into it deeper and deeper. It was, I think I started in 2008 with the Ron Paul campaign. I liked what this guy was saying. It made sense. And then that opened up my eyes. But, you know, people have a lot of misconceptions because of the the propaganda machine. We are we're in a they're using the natural. We have a natural um, instinct to be tribalistic. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you walk into a place and everybody has brown hair and brown eyes. Yeah. Right. And you're comfortable. If you walk into a place and everybody has blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. you're going to feel a little uncomfortable. Atlanta. Right? And that's just natural. <laughs> straight in Atlanta. I just told my daughter, I was like, you were the only brown haired girl on your soccer team. And she's <laughs> like, I know. I love it. And I was like, yeah, that's because that now it's okay. But like, you know, in the day. So, so they use that against us though. Right. You know, it's, and it's a shame because you watch the general public and they're in this haze. And, you know, you get frustrated. Like I I was listening to one of your podcasts and you had mentioned that um, the skull and bones and how Alex Jones had 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 that lady on who came out with the list. I can't remember. Yep. Thank you very much. And uh, that's why we need people like you. You're the memory banks. (laughs) Yes, I have memories. Yeah, that's good. You do. do. Yeah, outstanding. And, um, you know, you were talking about that. See, and here's the thing. This is what I like about, about about your work is there's two things. The first thing is you say things in a way that are very, you say things that are, are very hard for the normal aggregate to swallow, correct? But you say them in a way that is calm, precise, you know, it's, you explain it in an intellectual way. So you give the, all the, the NPR intellectuals and all the intellectuals that they have all over the place that have gone to Harvard, right? And they they wouldn't throw dirt at me. Oh, you're an auto mechanic with a podcast? I'm not coming on and talking to you. All right, dude, whatever. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't judge you by the way, you know, because because you went to Harvard. Maybe I should be not like you because I know. That. Thank you for that. No, you're not I mean, judging me for that. No, absolutely. No. Well, you, you know, you, you watch my, you obviously yeah, seen a little exactly. bit of my work or check me out. You know, I'm nobody. Right. So it's like, you, you know, it's cool. Well, you're a friend of Chris's. So that's yes. Chris Graves, the mastodon <laughs> of research is actually, he had a comment up there. I'm going to throw up there, but, uh, you know, this is the thing he like he likes chatting with you. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm glad that, that he was able to make this happen because he knew that we could talk about stuff. Yeah, but I will say the reason I throw I I throw my credentials around, which was, you know, it's bad. It's like bad matters. So like I went to Harvard, but I found when I was on the radio that it was very it was harder to dismiss me as a crackpot. If I, you know, had those credentials that were in there, you know, that's it's like when you quote the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal and say, look, I'm not saying that that's a source I consider to be credible. It's a source you consider to be credible. And that's why I'm quoting it for you, because right. it's proving my point And you think it's credible. You think Harvard's credible. I I, I was um, someone was explaining to me a, a girl uh, in our neighborhood who was going to Yale. And I was like, oh, that sucks. I liked her. And, and <laughs> you, know, you know, like. That and I'm not I'm not being rude about Yale or whatever. I'm just saying, like, I literally had that thought. I was like, I guess it's you know, I, and I, and I, and I had the follow up thought, like maybe 20 years from now she'll come back around. But right now I'm sure she has stars in her eyes, and just like uh, you know, 
it, whatever like camera paper, whatever she goes, like she's going to just absorb it because it's it's like magical. But of course, I've been on that track and really all the I think that what they are doing for the most part is just getting you into that machine where you work. I was working easily 16 hours a day, easily for years on over 50% taxes because I lived in Manhattan. And oh yeah, over 50% taxes. And and there's no like personal deduction in the beginning. Like they start just taking it all away. So like you are 50% of your money is gone. And it costs like 10 times as much to flip China, you know, uh, you know, I've done a lot of business with firework companies and, and, and electronic companies and they, they pretty much take 50% of their profit. Yeah. And, and that, right. So I always wonder like what, what good is the American dream and why was the revolution even fought when we have really the same effective tax rates as all the other social democracies in the country. But uh, I feel like they just put you in. I, I remember saying to my husband, like, Halfway through, you know, this journey together, I was like, hey, man, every time you get a raise, you get pushed into a higher tax bracket. You work harder. We have to live closer to the city because you're never home. And what's the point? Like we we will literally we never saved any money for years and years until a little bit recently. And uh, and now we're going to have to save it for retirement and kids going to college. You know what I mean? So it's not even like, oh, let's whatever buy a condo in Hawaii, which is my ultimate dream. But it's, nice. that, you know, you just had to, I, and I said, like, I think we'd be better off, like, moving to Idaho, you know? And he's just like, what are you talking about? I've worked too hard. I've come too far. And, like, you're not there yet. There's a lot. You, the, you Those are sunk costs. And then, and, and it happened again more recently. And he was just like, you know, <laughs> you, you might have had something there. This is a lot of hard work. And I feel like, you know, but he enjoyed it. That's why it was important to me that he was going to enjoy it because I knew right. he was doing it. Like I was, <laughs> I was going to do what I needed to do to raise those kids and stay interesting. I think a lot of the podcasting and stuff makes it, you know, I want to have the respect of my family and in the world because I want them to take seriously my opinions and what I say. I don't want them to believe me or follow me or anything, but I want to have some standing and I feel like, I feel like if your community respects you, your kids might have a little more, you know, I don't know, think twice before they disrespect you. I, I get it. And right now in this world, uh, genuine people um, who live and stand on their principles is, is it's fleet. They're fleeting. Um, I respect you because you do that. Uh, Chris Graves. Um, all of the fellow podcasters that I'm involved with been on their shows. They've been here. They're all very similar. Some of the podcasters that, you know, bigger podcasters I listen to, right? Like David Knight, people like that. They are standing on their principles. I don't think any of them are doing this a hundred, you know, for the money. I, th I think just enough to, to keep everything running. Some of them in, in, in some cases, um, but they're doing it because they're, they believe in what they're saying. And they want to help other people one way or the other. You're like fireworks. Fireworks is a, love, a labor of love. I've done, you know, wholesale, real tail, public display, the whole gambit. And in the end, you know what it is, Monica? It's moving heavy cardboard boxes around by the thousands. You know, by the time I'm done, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of pounds of fireworks I have really moved in my career of fireworks, right? Which I'm wow. no longer doing that. But how, do you have all your fingers? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Excellent. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, so, but, but the thing of it is, is, is it was a labor of love, right? That it wasn't, 
And, and I think when you find genuine people who do something and it's a labor of love, that's a rarity. And I think that that's fleeting because I don't, I think we're, we're, and as a society, we're getting extremely shallow. You know, we're losing our depth. We're about down to the knees here. Well, I want to correct my, or elucidate what I was saying. And now that you mentioned that, I said I, I was, I wanted to have some respect in the outside world and stuff like that. But as it happened, I actually, because when I did, like uh, Chris was saying about the Boston Marathon bombing, it's true. Like I definitely got the attention of like feds and stuff because I was on the radio telling the truth about the Boston Marathon bombing, which is like for a story for another day. But um, as I discovered these truths, because it was a call-in show, I had to always have the answers. I come up with such untouchable opinions that it's, you know, my kids aren't always, we don't tell people I have a podcast. <laughs> right. No, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I get so where I you're thought, like, as I was on the radio, I thought this is cool. You know, that they'll, I'll be like a little celebrity. And funny enough, we kind of have to try to keep that separate because it, and, and I'm I, like, I'm not saying that everybody in my house agrees with what I say. They respect me. They don't um, think I'm like crazy, but not everybody, like a lot of this stuff, if you have political, if you have a political um, ideology that you, that's inflexible, you don't want to hear facts that about the people you believe in. Right. You know, like, so it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I expected. So I, I just wanted to clarify that. Although no, I got you. Motivation, no. It wasn't actually definitely doesn't keep me going because it has not been a net like, Oh, look at mom. She's awesome. <laughs> right, <laughs> that has right. not always been the case. No, no. And, and don't give me, no, no, please. Didn't, I hope you didn't take me the wrong way. No, no. no I just and, want to be clear. And, and I like and the Harvard thing, throwing that credential around is excellent because it gives you weight. What you say, That's right, listen, yeah. we need, this is the problem. What you and I say, okay. And I, and I preach this on my thing. Now I, I get upset when I start thinking about this and I, and I go off on tangents. So I'm not going to do that because you're here, but, um, we get mixed up with stuff that I can't prove like lizard people, like, um, you, you know, um, underground bases and, 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 weird stuff like uh, even even into the religion stuff i get that i understand there is extreme connection the symbolism okay the uh the, you know people wearing masks the q tards i i i'm sorry i don't like i don't like the q thing um that was a cia yeah, my psyop operation from the beginning i mean like a uh, Q level clearance, like the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sigh. It was the, it was a plain to see these guys who are being led around. It's a sigh. I know because I was starting to wake people up on the radio. Like I had these particular callers who would call and they would give me information. And it was so great. They were absolutely giving, you know, big snaps when I would tell the truth about something like the Boston Marathon bombing or whatever. And all of a sudden they started calling with 60,000 indictments and adrenochrome. And I was like, keep yeah, your eye yeah, exactly. on the ball. Right. What are you talking and... about? Like, stop, trust the plan. And it's you know what though? No, no, you know what? The, the, the grand poobah of conspiracy talk did not help that he poured gasoline on that fire. I'm checking the water with you. I don't know your feelings on things. So I'm checking. Oh the no, water definitely. Oh, come on. I, Oh, I'm probably too far. I think Edward Snowden and Julian Assange are uh, sketchy too. Really? Oh, Interesting. Yes. We must talk about this some other time. And listen, a real quick, uh, we're not going to get into it because uh, you know, because uh, of what you said, but we, we got to talk. 
if, if you like to one day, Chris Graves, you and I, I would love to talk about the Boston bombing. But as a fireworks guy, okay. they said that they used fireworks inside of a pressure cooker yeah. and did this. Okay. Oh. I'm, I'm telling you right well, I now. I think the powers that be put fireworks in a garbage can and did this. <laughs> I'm telling you, you could put, I don't care. What Sorry, that's not funny. I don't know if it was, I'm not saying, I never went down to like hoax thing with that. I don't, I don't know about that. I just know the story was not. not right. You could have put fireworks in Bill Clinton's brass tuba for all I care. And it w- they would not have done what that did. Right. That was a high explosive. Fireworks are a low compound explosive. They can't shred stuff the way that that, that stuff was shredded. I mean, they, they show you the pictures and the evidence and all that. There's just, that's not low compound explosive uh, material right there. Um, Chris says, Tiger, the photo showed nothing was shredded. Yeah, not even the banners I... directly in front of it. Dave McGowan pointed this out and much more inconsistencies. Shepard Smith on Fox News said the exploit. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, this is the thing, Chris. Yeah, I, I'm aware of that. But their 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 initial their excuse was that the, the, the explosives were fireworks. And if you put in a pressure cooker and if you put explosives, if you put fireworks in a pressure cooker, it's not going to be able to. Bl- when I said shred, I was, I was, my, you know, my my brain is like a river, right? And I'm picking the words out. Anyway, when I said shred, I mean they would blow the lid off the thing at the worst. It's the fireworks aren't are, are not burning at a rate fast enough to blow that thing apart. At at best, they could blow the lid off of that thing. So any kind of decimation or destruction caused by the low compound explosive is impossible. That's that that's what I was getting at. And but, w- what about the level of destruction that is now attributed to fire? So fire yes. could bring down trade centers. Fire could bring down I eighty five in Atlanta. There's another another highway supposedly collapsed because there was a fire underneath it. A fire. These things right. are forged in fire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're in smelting pots. You have to like close it off because it cannot get open flame, cannot get that hot. And, and, then, and, and then, he, then he points out that there's an explosion halfway up a building at the Lenscrafter store on, on Boylston Street. The glass from the store was blown outwards. Now, right, I'm hip, man. Yeah. And he also goes on. I love Chris. He's like, <laughs> the detailed man. Did somebody wind him up. We the, wound the, him up. The pressure cookers were too big to even fit in them. I, that's another thing. And we're the wrong color. Yep. You're right. I just wanted to point oh, out. Yeah. The- all that. All that. Come on, Chris. That's <laughs> base. That's- <laughs> it's, but my I just wanted to point is- out how ludicrous it was from a firework man's point of view. Yes. To try to try to we'll have to. One more thing I wanted to point out to our viewers that have, are not familiar with you, just in case you again, like I said, we were you reach you, you talk to other people with different opinions. You had an intelligent, you know, discourse with them. And that is extremely beneficial, I think, and healthy because I don't, I, I think that if we pick a little bit of the Europe, a little bit there, it was a, you know, a small minority that started. And when I say revolution, I mean, in thinking, okay, the revolution, right. And we need a, a revolution in thinking here right now. And, but I don't think we have the critical mass that we need. We, we got to get a little bit closer and I think if we could pull a couple from the left, they're not witches over there, right? No, not I know. Be, right? I want to. I want to reach over. That's why I like Jeremy Kuzmarov. And I want. I was thinking, what I really want to do. And so, anybody who wants to make a suggestion of a particular person, somebody they think that I would be, you know, kind of on a par with, who has an audience. I need somebody with an audience for this reason to do, um, you know, once a week or once a month or whatever, a like a double show 
is you want the callers. So I would do calls. You want the callers to disagree with you. Yes. That's how you bridge that divide is that if you, you can't have a lefty listen to something, you know, a truthy thing where that their point of view is not represented. So you need them to, you need to answer their questions, but if you don't know what their questions are, they're not going to get addressed and you're not going to convince them. It'll seem like straw man arguments. It'll seem like you're cherry picking your, so if you have right. where everybody listening, like if all these chats over here was like, yes, but Monica, didn't you think about this? If that was something you could put up on the screen right now, then we could actually change minds or at least open minds to thinking. Right. And that's what I want to do. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I, you know, I, 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 I we want to build a community of people who are using, using their intellect and, and, you know, I, I, a question for you, why I have you here. I mean, because you're, you're so smart. I, I, there's so many things I want to ask you and I, I want to be careful not to waste my time with you because time is our most valuable commodity. Well, I love um, your thing. Do you do radio? Uh, you no. Do voiceovers. No, <laughs> no, I'm a auto body mechanic and, uh, uh, and a regular mechanic. Um, and yeah, I do a couple of side businesses, but no, no radio. This, I just started doing this in, uh, in November and, and it kind of fell, I fell into it by accident. To but be I oh, you'll have to tell me that story. And first I have to tell you that my father had the first Texaco station in the city. He, it was a 24 hour thing in little Italy on Carmine street. Oh, wow. And, uh, it gave him three heart attacks. And so he had to sell it shortly before the gas crisis made all of his friends rich. <laughs> so again, uh, if, if you mind me asking, you don't have to answer this. What, what, uh, it was your father Italian? No, but it was the Italian neighborhood. So man, if he didn't have uh, tight lips, he'd probably be in concrete right now. Yeah. And being raised by Italians is an interesting thing. I'm not. I'm not Italian. I know I look it, but I'm not. Right, 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 right. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm Italian, 100. percent But yeah, it's uh. So, really quick, are there stupid people in Harvard? Are there stupid? I don't. Are there are there people who are in Harvard who they're not? This is what I don't understand. Okay, oh, I, yeah, I don't I, have yeah. a university education. How come a Harvard graduate who studied economics, who studied all this stuff, right? This real. I'm getting a little fired up right now. But they they they, they and they paid all this money. And I, I, I have no formal education and I can understand that Keynesianism versus Austrian economics is, is, is a fantasy. It's not even real. It's a con game. Yeah. Why can not we get that? My experience, and I think it explains a lot. I noticed when I started doing the show and my eyes were open, I went back and talked to my investment banking friends and they're hard, you know, I hardly have any now because we parted ways so much, but I was telling one guy who really thought would be under want to know. It's like, oh my gosh, like this, that, the other thing. And he said, I work hard and I am rewarded. The system works as far as I'm concerned. And I don't want to know if it's bad. And it's it's that ethical glass ceiling, as my sister calls it. And John Updikes, you know, it's hard to convince somebody if their wallet, their paycheck depends on them not being convinced. And so at, at Harvard, I would say I thought I would struggle. Like I thought I was going to be at the bottom and I wasn't. So there were people who were smarter than I was and people who were not as smart. But uh, I would say, 
you know, and my kids now went to private high school, which I did not. And I mu- and like my son who has Down syndrome goes to the public. I have to say there is a much higher caliber. I think it's the high schools, those private high schools that really are the difference makers because right. people were shocked at how I could graduate from Harvard. Like I, I knew some people and I was in an in international program when I was a banker, like it was Citibank. So it was like I knew people from all around the world. And they were just shocked at how little I knew about everything. And I was like, I only went to Harvard two years. I said, well, they shouldn't have given you a degree. But it was the people who went to those private high schools who really have the leg up and who are really, really above average in intelligence. However, they are trained to say what the people who are giving them grades or jobs want. Don't get mad at me. Don't, yeah. don't get mad, please. Okay, so they're they're you know in, in the layman segment, right? Uh, a population. I, I I will I will say it. You don't have to be a genius to memorize things and pass tests. That that that's not that doesn't impress me. I doctors don't impress me. I mean, right. You impress me, right? But you don't. You're, yeah. You know. Th- yes. Yes. But you know what do. I'm saying, and I, I don't mean that in in a bad way at but all. Don't. You, but if you're learning the right thing, like like. They don't in these private schools, they'll still teach them Shakespeare and stuff. And why is that important? Because I like Greek mythology, which will classical education. Yes. And what it does is you don't have to spend your life reinventing the wheel. If things that have over 3000 years been distilled as fundamental human characteristics, for example, like Catholicism is like this. That's why a friend of mine at law school is like you're Catholic and you can't handle law school. Like that's all Catholicism is. So you have these are fundamentals that it's so much easier to to just learn them from someone who knows them than to have to figure them out over a lifetime. No, you're right about that because that's where you know I I I went to federal prison. I started reading though. I always read and I always researched. And, you know whether it was to make firecrackers when I was 12 years old, right? Or right. whether you know or how to make a you know a BMX ramp, you know. Or, or how to, you know, do whatever to, to, to how do I make hash, right? Not a pan, right? <laughs> yeah, so all, for, for all, you know, all my whole life, I will, I, I liked reading and I had a good reading comprehension level. So no matter what it was, I found out myself about it, right? I got a GED. I didn't make it past 10th grade. And then everything else is self-educated. But I went to prison. I read a lot. And then I became a history lover. And then I learned things through history. And then as you look at history, which many of these people who are in charge with these gigantic degrees, I'm not sure they do. They, you can learn so much stuff. You see it repeating itself over and over here. And, you know, that's why the central banks is a big thing for me, because if you go back to their history all, all the way into the mid 1300s in France, I think is where they started out. Even in, in our first central bank that, you know, it was kicked out once. And then it had Andrew Jackson, you know, they, they went to had to kick it out again. What they didn't, you know, that's why the War of 1812 was fought over us not recertifying England's, you know, our first central bank, which was an English bank, right? People thought it was fought over some stupid thing with Marines in the water and crap. No, that was fought over the banks. You know, that was that that's why that happened, because we would not recertify their central bank, which is I did not know that. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I had to catch up on my history, but. You said that they, they don't learn, they don't know. Like, I feel like our, I, I can't think of a statesman in good faith, you know, in our public arena right now. Like, I cannot think of anybody who you could say 
well, you'll understand this better if you read history. You know, I used to like Justin Amash, Amash, whatever his name was. Yeah, me too, but no, not anymore. No, I, somebody must have gotten to him. He found the horse's head in his bed. I think so. <laughs> I think so, because he used to post on his Facebook page the constitutional reason for every one of his congressional votes. Wow. And that in itself is a history book. And he... I mean, it was really the greatest single thing that was happening politically in this country. And he what was about Masty? Gone. What do you think um, of Tom? I've, I, you know, I try not to be hard on him or Rand Paul or whatever who say things that seem compromising to me. I forget what it was where he lost me on a couple of things. And I was like, you know what? Rand Paul's a senator. His father never made it to be senator. You know, like, maybe I don't trust Rand Paul because of. Um, his links with uh, the Remdesivir and all that, and his wife, and oh, maybe, there's a couple yeah. other things. I, I just, you know, that well, I, I love his dad, but I, I lost. He lost me when he did some. He said t- this. I think is a pattern with him. I kind of lost interest in like the actual nitty gritty of politics, but I recall with the USA Freedom Act, which to me was I absolutely saw this coming with Snowden. I was like, okay, why is he there? He's there. What it, listen to what he's saying. What he's saying is what the government is doing is illegal and we need to have this conversation. And so I said, oh, I'm right that he's like fake if what we do is have the conversation and then pass a law that makes all that stuff legal, which is right. what the USA Freedom Act was. So I predicted it two years in advance. I can probably find the tweets for you. And nice. And it, yeah, because I put hashtag WTWOF, what to watch out for when I like make a prediction so I can search it quickly. So in any case, uh, when when that thing was, you know, teetering on the edge of passing or not passing, I feel like Rand grandstanded and that's the problem. Tried to get like said, I'm standing on principle, whatever. Same thing with like the TikTok act. There was a TikTok act, which was less bad than the one that's out there now that actually banned TikTok. And he's like, no. So now there's something worse. And then the other thing, like, I feel like this thing with um, Fauci, his public dispute with Fauci about the lab leak theory, to me, that's like the LIHOP theory of 9-11. I don't know if you're familiar, like the let it happen on purpose. So the yeah. lab, you know, they didn't actually do it. They just let it happen on purpose. Like the lab leak theory makes it seem like they didn't mean to spray the shit around the world. Exactly. And, and another did. thing... <laughs> He's throwing shade for them on the fact that the, the big thing that I don't like about that is, hey, we have these labs funded by the military industrial complex all over our country, all over the world, who are playing with these things that if they get out, you know, and I know I'm putting this in a real dumbed down oh. manner or a simple manner, but if they get out, they'll just wipe out humanity. Get some highly attainable anthrax, okay, and let that start working its way through the population. Who in the who in the Sam Hill are these people to do that? They're the same people that lit the nitrogen bomb in the atmosphere when they thought it was a 50-50 chance and kill us all. That's Have you read Ted Kaczynski? What's that? Yeah, I'm sure you haven't read Ted Kaczynski's Technological Slavery. Absolutely, I have. I, I've okay. read it, I, the whole thing. I've listened to it also. Um, don't get me going on Ted because I'm not, I don't agree with what he did. Of course. But the man was smart. And this is what I'm going to say on this. He he said the scientists who are doing some of this experimental stuff in their calculus is I am going to live 85 years and I'm going to die. I'm working on this project. If I succeed, 
I will be rich, famous, immortal in reputation. And if I fail and wipe out the universe, I will just have died at 45 instead of 85. Like they don't actually weigh the impact of wiping out the universe. You know, like they cannot, you cannot weigh that impact in your individual decision. And I always thought that was interesting because he's like, look, there's a non-zero chance that somebody is doing something that devastating right now. A non-zero chance. That's all. Non-zero chance. And, and weighed by the, by the, by the unacceptability of the outcome of wiping out the universe, a non-zero chance is just too much. That's, that's see, of course, Look at the results of what happens with your actions. If you take this action, this could happen or that could happen. If what could happen, the bad thing is super, super bad, right? Even if the odds are really, really low, you want, I might die, right? Why would I do that, right? Or I might wipe out. Now, dying is one thing. Wiping right. out the whole planet is a totally different thing. People You're not risk just risking their lives for glory. Yeah. yeah. People risk their lives for glory all the time. But. So, but these guys, the glory that the the risk they're taking is not their lives. They're not evil Knievel. They're like Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Same for Palpatine and Darth Vader from mine. <laughs> I'm Monica. I unfortunately we're coming. You, to, you're good. Right on schedule. Yeah, we're coming to a close. Um, we're probably going to be two minutes over schedule. But I want you. I want you to plug yourself. Um, and listen. <laughs> I need to talk to you again. You are, you, there's a lot of stuff that I, I just want to run, run across you. Just talking with you is excellent. But, uh, but where can the good folks who are ready, you got, I got a bunch of your viewers in my YouTube. Um, and this was not that? with any warning. Like I just threw this up at the last minute. I didn't even wow. know you could do it. It's like, do you want to broadcast this on YouTube? And I just like clicked yes. And look at people were hopped right on. No, yeah, guys, welcome, welcome. But okay, but yeah, so where can everybody find you? Deep Dives with Monica Perez is my latest work, and it has, I think it might even have archives from my original Monica Perez show deep, deep down in there, in that feed. I'm not sure. But um, so you can find all of that has commercials, but on iTunes, you can subscribe and not get the commercials, which is nice for me because I'm not, I don't, I don't break even every month anymore. Uh, so that's great for me, but listening to commercials is great too. rockfin.com slash deep dives. And then if you want to pick and choose search, get show notes and everything like that, go to Monica's deep dives.com. Nice. Uh, Monica, thank you very much for coming on into the tiger's den and roaring for Liberty the way you did. (laughs) Nice. It was awesome. Um, I am angry tiger. You can find me on all TNP platforms. You can find me on Rumble. You can find me on YouTube. It's called the Angry Tigers Den. Um, and where else can you find me? On Substack, Angry Tigers Newsletter. So check it out. Uh, if you like what I do, throw a couple bucks my way, and I will improve my setup. And the the better show I can produce for you, that's, uh, that's what we're looking to do there, ladies and gentlemen. And please, like and share. If you're, you know, Monica, for Monica too, sometimes are, you know, even me, I, I watch podcasts and I forget, you know, I'm watching. You subscribe and I, on iTunes. If you subscribe on yes. iTunes, it pulls you up in the search engine. And I think that we should take up a collection for you, Angry Tiger, to get a sure mic. You nice. Sure mic. It's $400. You need one. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we'll try to do that, Monica. Pay $400. <laughs> I never asked for anything. <laughs> I never asked for anything, but you just, he needs a new mic. 
Nice. Well, thank you, changing A life-changing event is getting the show. I got it for Christmas a couple of years ago for my husband, and it's just like the best thing. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> see something to aspire for. Thanks, Monica. She she does. She even guys get her on your show. She even does plugging for you. It's excellent. I didn't. I didn't mean to, but I just think you know, share the love here. That's what you need. Somebody needs something. Get it to a little barn raising for Angry's podcast. Thanks. No, that's awesome. Thank you, Monica. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into the Tigers Den. And remember this: time is your most valuable commodity. Try not to waste it. Cherish it and use it wisely. Spend it doing something you love with someone you love or improving yourself or preferably all three of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again.